0: Hello world, my name is Dr. Kulmeet Kunlis and I'm a primary care physician in Central Florida. In this video, you will be learning everything for tinnitus. The goal of this video is to create a comprehensive guide about tinnitus so that you do not have to go through any other resource. I have reviewed pretty much more than 1000 videos on YouTube and also lot of interviews and I found there is a lot of confusion and pseudoscience which is being promulgated. Hopefully through this video you will get evidence-based information so that you could understand tinnitus once for hour and you are able to take care of yourself for ongoing basis. See, the purpose is the way this video format which I have decided to kind of presented to you is we will start with why, why you develop tinnitus. Then we will go through what are the things happen that you get all these problems. That will be how of, or how you get to where you are when it are concerned with the tinnitus. And then third we will take is what we can do to get this disabling symptom under control. Before you, we go. Before we delve further into this video, let's look at into how big this problem is. In the United States, it affects about 25 million people, which is about 10% of our population. And out of this 25 million or 10% of our population, 5 million of us are getting significant problem that it is lifestyle limiting and then 2% of our population, or about 2 million of people in the United States, it is disabling. If you look at the statistics, they differ from place to place, but that pretty much is the universally agreed that this is a major issue. And then let's understand why we get into this problem. Before we understand teenagers, one thing we must understand is how our normal hearing apparatus works i think if we understand our normal hearing apparatus we will be able to take care of our abnormalities very easily so whenever sound is created in our environment the sound waves travel into our ear and from there they go to our eardrum where this eardrum on the other side of the eardrum, there are three bones which are stuck to this eardrum, which sound wave striking your eardrum, then these bones tend to amplify the sound and the pitch which you have. And then the sound, this force is transmitted to your inner ear. In your inner ear, there is a very specialized process which we call cochlea that converts the sound waves into electric current or we call technically action potential and that action potential through cochlear nerve goes to your brain. So look at how it's happening. External environment is the source of sound traveling through your external ear striking your eardrum. Bones implementing, impli- are amplifying the bones amplifying this sound, and then it's getting transmitted into inner ear, where the whole mechanical energy is getting converted into electrical energy. Then it's going to your brain via the nerve into auditory cortex, where the sound is interpreted and given meaning and purpose. So if you look at it now this is a very unique mechanism from mechanical energy to chemical energy or electrical energy and then being interpreted so when somebody is suffering from tinnitus what is happening is there is no stimulus there is no sound stimulus which is going and traveling through this whole pathway but the person suffering from tinnitus is hearing sound without any source. So what that means is there is no stimulus, but there is an interpretation of sound. So if in this whole apparatus, if you look at it, the problem where this stimulus of sound can arise without any source is either the problem has to be in the inner ear, cochlea, nerve going up to the brain, and then the interpretation center or the auditory cortex in the brain. So that's what makes this tinnitus very unique and a very complex problem to understand and treat because there is no stimulus. In medicine, it is very easy if there is a stimulus and a response, we know where to intervene and how to stop this stimulus and response. But unfortunately, in this cascade, There is no stimulus and response, and we are stuck with the uh, the issue that we are not having any independent source, and we have to deal with that. So now let's understand where are the problems going to happen. As I said, let's start with inner ear or the cochlea. What happens is, there is a phenomenon in the nervous tissue if the brain cells if they don't do their intended function then we develop those cells start doing some other function and normal function of these cochlear cells is to transmit sound but unfortunately if these sounds, if we start losing our hearing, and then these sounds will not be doing the function of taking the sound impulses and transmitting to the brain. So these sense cells become hypersensitive and they start producing those electrical currents in the absence of this uh, absence of the stimulus which is called neuroplasticity but here nature is working against us so what we have is there is no stimulus so in those cells because those cells are supposed to hear sound and electrical impulses but when we lose hearing then those cells become super sensitive and start sending the impulses so that's the one possible source then there are theories that the nerve which takes the impulses these impulses are the transmission of these impulses they become hypersensitive and the problem lies in the in the wiring or the cochlear nerve and third is that the area in the brain where this sound is interpreted that's where the issues are So when we are focusing or trying to understand where possibly we could have the problem, it could be in the inner ear, it could be in the nerve, it could be in the auditory cortex. So when we are trying to identify the reasons, we're going to follow this mechanism that will help us a lot. Now, let's understand why we call it a phantom sound. Phantom sound is when there is no stimulus, and that's the reason we use this word phantom sound. It can present differently in different people. Some people hear loud ringing voice. Some people hear hissing. Some people say there is buzzing. Some describe in their own different ways these sounds are. So these sounds could have a very different tone and pitches into this part of it. Now what happens is, let's take out the reasons why we develop, you could develop tinnitus. First we will do is the most common reason for tinnitus is hearing loss. That will cover if you are having ringing and buzzing. If one thing must be ensured and taken care is to make sure that you are, do not have hearing loss. The tests are very simple. You will go to your primary care physician and you will be referred to audiologist who will do this, your test different frequencies and different tests. And if they find that you have hearing loss and you get hearing aid or different modalities they use, once your hearing is stored, your cochlear cells will start doing what they are intended to do and they will not produce this phantom impulses and phantom sounds. But to, for the complete work completing the work of if one message on the reasons for this tinnitus or buzzing, hissing, any kind of sound you are hearing, the core message I wanted to give was that you must rule out that you do not have hearing loss. Now let's take everything into detail. Let's take ear as a whole. What are the common th- problems in the ear which can give you this phantom sounds in your head? Those are, let's start with the external ear. If you have ear canal which is blocked with the wax, you have infection or something going on the ear cough, that can, sometime can lead to short-term accessory sounds. When you cross further down, as I mentioned before, on the other side of the eardrum, there are bones. If those bones become sclerosed, or they have some issue in that, that can lead to faulty amplifications and faulty sound creation, which can lead to this tinnitus. Then, in the middle ear, there is a fluid if the pressure of the fluid increases, or you get infections, then it can lead to complications or lead to this hissing sounds or the tinnitus. So, so far in the middle ear, it could be the bone problem. It could be liquid problem. It could be infections. Then you need to understand our inner middle ear is connected to our mouth through eustachian tube. And if you have anything going on your oral cavity, you have a sore throat, anything, then this thing can travel from uh, a, a travel from your inner from your mouth to the middle ear, and it can lead to the problems which will be uh, lead to temporary tinnitus. Then let's continue a journey to the inner ear. In the inner ear, the biggest function of This cochlear apparatus is loss of uh, is the to hear and transmit the impulses to the brain. If for any reason there is anything wrong, whether there is a structural disorder in the cochlear cells, or there are certain medications or chemicals which affect this cochlear apparatus, you could have hearing in here. And the biggest and the most common reason in this category where it affects the cochlear is A, hearing loss, number two, medication. The most offending medications are aspirin, which we don't see this one problem uh, most of the time, but aspirin can give you ringing, tinglingness, and the similar to that, a lot of our people use goodie powder, which has a lot of aspirin, and also people use straight ibuprofen. Any kind of non-steroidal can lead to this cochlear issue and leading to tinnitus so if you are having this ringing sounds or any other accessory sounds in your ear you must not or you must make sure that you are not getting any of these medications then if you have there are certain diabetic medications can do that then the other most common medication which is affect your this ringing is some antibiotics especially gentamicin and all those uh, amino which are very good antibiotics but they have this side effect of that so if you are having on antibiotics and it can lead to that problem uh, that you short term tinnitus or ringing in your ears usually it's reversible and it goes away when you stop the medication then the next part is Medication, which is very common effect, is in heart failure patients. They are on diuretics, and that can lead to these phantom sounds. So, then the issues which can arise is that we could have a uh, lot of uh, medical issues coming in the cochlear part or the inner ear part. So, we need to. We so far went over from external ear to the middle ear then we're going to inner ear now going to the nerve there are very very few specific disorders which we have been able to identify involving the nerve, the nerve but the only thing which can affect is, is there's a condition called multiple sclerosis so it's like the what happened is your nerves are like a wire the home electrical wire it has a wire and there is a sheath and in multiple sclerosis they will lose that sheath around that wire and it can start cracking and creating the extra sounds so sometimes multiple sclerosis can give you tinnitus or the ringing in your ears then going to the brain and this is something which has been studied a lot certain people have sensitivity to sound and it is Probably evolutionary in nature where we are have been blessed to hear these things before there is a problem. We could understand who is gonna be our predator and we are able to adjust our environment and do that. But in the current environment, it might be a handicap for us at this time because we are now more sensitive or we are hearing the things more than we should and that can lead to that a lot of psychological disorders anxiety depression a lot of people who are have a history of these psych issues or mental health issues regarding anxiety depression they are more sensitive to uh, to sound and can hear these accessory sounds so let's take them then the other common one more category is if you look at your ear, underneath your ear, there is three things which are for I want you to remember. There is a jaw when you're opening and closing is right under there. If you have a jaw problem or you have any dental problem, that can also lead to tinnitus then there is a main one of main artery which goes to the brain we call internal carotid artery which main artery which takes the blood to your brain if you develop blockages in that and this thing you could develop tinnitus leading from the pulsations from you could hear and get you could hear them especially when you lie down you could hear those sounds that is the second cause. and sometimes there is an there is another blood vessel, not the artery, but the vein, the jugular vein, if it's distended, you have other issues that can lead to uh, certain issues. Then if you are sick and you have a systemic illnesses, you have a lot of medical problems which are going on, you're acutely sick and then those Systemic illnesses can also contribute to your sensitivity to your uh, your sound perception, and give you tinnitus. So, if I have to summarize up till now, the different reasons you could develop tinnitus are we started from the external ear, if there is a problem in your external artery canal. Then we went into middle ear if there is a problem with the fluid which is Meniere's disease or autosclerosis or some infection then use stage in tube then we went to inner ear we went over hearing loss medications and we went over different classes of medications and then we went to the nerve and the brain. So now, and then the last one was things which are below your ear and the systemic illnesses. So if you have it, my whole purpose on this one was to give you a kind of a framework to think about what are the different reasons for tinnitus? How can you kind of understand the information if you have any of those things, then that will lead to possible better outcome and help you with that part next question comes in is there is a lot of uh, minara office we do conduct weekly surveys and they lot of patients ask like the pulse of, like when they lie down at, at night and they are hearing a lot of uh, sounds most of the time it is very benign it is a conducted sound it has nothing to do with the uh, in anything with the, your hearing apparatus, it is a conducting sound which you have it, but it is important that if you hear that, you must have your doctor, let them know they will auscultate on your neck and make sure that you don't have any blockages in your carotid arteries. That's what I wanted to make sure that that most of the people I've seen recently, they had this pulsatile sound which was not, has nothing to do with the tinnitus, but this, these were the conducting uh, conducted sounds which were going on and they were creating a problem. Then the next topic which I want to take it out is, this is that what, like if you are suffering from tinnitus, what you should do, what kind of tests you need, how to approach healthcare and how this part of it is. Let's talk about that so far. If you understand, so far, most of the cases, unless we could find the very obviously glaring reason which I mentioned and just went over details, but, but 95% of the time you are not gonna find any of the reasons which so far I've mentioned. You're gonna have the sound and there is no reason, and that makes it very mind-boggling and understand it's not a disease, it's a symptom. So the problem always happen is much, if it's a disease in medicine, it's a lot more easier to take care of that. But once it comes to symptom, so when we talk about this treatment part of it is, we, which we will go over in a minute, it's gonna be purely symptomatic and certain other techniques which we go over. But what are the things if you're suffering from tinnitus? What are the things you must go through or you must not, uh, rule out that you don't have it? The first thing which I said everybody who has this tinnitus or ringing, buzzing, or hissing sound, make sure you get your hearing test done. But like when patients come to us in the office as a primary care physician and they are having this one. We will always start with proper history, looking at as possible etiologies coming in your external ear, middle ear, inner ear, nerve, and the auditory cortex. So we will go through this history which I alluded to that. Then we will examine you. We'll make sure that we do the gross hearing test. We make sure your ENT examination is normal. We look for your systemic illnesses. We make sure that other parts are doing very well. As I said, chances are we will not find any abnormality because that's the nature of the beast we are dealing with, but that must be done. Then, certain cases, depending on the physician, if there is a clinically indicated, this one is, sometimes we start with doing complete blood work to make sure you don't have a diabetes, your blood pressure is controlled, your electrolytes are controlled, we general, tuning up or general complete blood work that will be done. Second thing is the hearing test. Then the next is sometime in special cases you will may end up having CAT scan or MRI to ensure that you don't have any neurological diseases. But you do not need any MRI or CAT scan to make the diagnosis of tinnitus and it's not a part of standard of care, this one is. It depends on what your history and examination will reveal it. In nutshell, when you talk about what are the tests, if I'm asked a question, what are the tests needs to be done if I'm having tinnitus, it will be only, I would say, hearing test is the only one test which must be done, but it is prudent to get other tests which are mentioned in addition to complete history and a physical examination. Now, once we are done with the, uh, this test and part of it is, what are the role, next question I'm always asked is, what is the role of ENT specialists in that, in part of it is uh, in the management of tinnitus. I do not believe the ENT specialist can do anything more than your primary care physician or your ideologist can do that part of it is ENT's role comes in only if you find a pathology which is of which I mentioned before of ENT region and you cannot handle it and they could help you with that role of ENT specialist in management of tinnitus it's pretty much a zero unless in special circumstances with the thing but the role of audiologist is very important because they must you must rule out hearing loss at that part of it is then the other question which we have is do i just need to see a neurologist i don't believe there is any reason you need to see a neurologist for that your primary care is very well equipped to understand you they know you more so long as you have a thorough history examination and pertinent tests, any neurological evaluation is needed unless somebody is thinking of multiple sclerosis. Now, let's talk about treatment. Understand the treatment now. So far, one thing I want to build a basis is that we do not, unless we find certain specific pathology, which we don't find in 95% time. It is just a symptom. It is a screwed up impulses, which are going to the brain. Either those impulses are generated or your artery cortex is very super sensitive to sound stimulus. And it can generate its own sound part of it is. That is what makes this disease very unique other thing which is very important is in the area of the brain where your hearing cortex or the part of the brain which interprets your sound, that is the area which is rich in your emotional represented. In the temporal lobe, that's where your all emotions are. And in the brain, it's not that everything is discreetly mapped, outlined it is because one area or one neuron has multiple connection with another neurons so it is very emotionally disabling this what makes this tinnitus very unique is not only this constant ringing and buzzing sound in you but the emotional quotient which it gives is very annoying so when we are talking about the treatment is since we don't find the reason for this sound, most of the time, what we are trying to do is either trying to change your perception of this sound or, and try to lower your threshold so that you do not get bothered with this thing, or we are trying to decrease the emotional quotient of this constant ringing. And third is we are creating distractions. So the treatment really of tinnitus is there is no specific treatment. If somebody asks, what is the treatment for this? There is no specific. This is a combination of things. And the principles, as I said, is decreasing sensitivity of your auditory cortex, either through meditation or through through cognitive behavior therapy. Different mechanism, different modality, but the goal here is to make you less perceive this sound impulses less than what you do so that you could live with it in. that is on the artery cortex level then trying to give you create alternative sound that's where all the, um, the sound therapies comes in whether you are giving direct sound different music name anything the goal here is there is a constant sound going in and you are creating a another sound which you counter sound so that the sound which is constantly bothering you that doesn't bother you that part so that the threshold for the sound perception goes down so it is the real basis of all those things is a to decrease perception of the sound and then if we in addition to that we create another sound so that this constant sound, which is bothering you, it gets damped. That is the basis of all kind of treatment modalities, whether it is different kind of sound therapies, music therapy, or electrical stimulus. There are a lot of uh, the devices which we are, which are being developed. So which they do is they constantly send subthreshold stimulus so that the stimulus which is constantly bothering you that get dampened and it is disabling but these therapies whether in the form of meditation yoga tai chi then the sound therapies they do work they are very effective the key here is to do them consistently and do it continuously and if you do that you will be able to get lot more symptoms under control. And these things not only help you to, like say for example if you start meditating your tinnitus will get better of course, but you will have other unexpected benefits you will be more productive in your life you will, be, you will have a control over all the means of your life so these modalities not only help for the tinnitus but they also help you with the other part of it then there is a lifestyle has to do a lot with that throughout this video i kept on bringing one theme over and over hearing loss and hearing loss we are seeing it more and more one hearing loss which happens with age as we go in age we, are, we lose our hair. That's normal and physiological. But if you are exposed to high sound, whether through you are a construction worker and you have a jackhammer, continuously you are being exposed or you in a in the music industry you're continuously on the stages on a very high sound that leads to, to hearing loss or these days the biggest problem is our headsets we are even though our smartphones now putting in filters where we are um, it tells you continuously that your sound level is high or low but those headsets will lead to more and more hearing loss and lead to this whole faulty apparatus of creating phantom sounds and tinnitus that is with this will continue we expect that the incidence and prevalence of tinnitus will increase as we are going because there is a society shift we are listening to music and headsets and especially young kids they are continuously being bombarded with these sounds so lifestyle while is protect yourself from sound if you are using headsets Use your native apps, which are built in iPhone, Samsung, and other phones, and keep your noise level at a lower level. That's how you will be able to protect yourself. Other things, somebody may say the other things, somebody will say, how this thing affects. Exercise, proper sleep, proper nutrition, avoiding excessive caffeine, alcohol, all those things do affect your sensitivity to sound and you feel better. And that is amazing part is this one is those are the things which we should be doing it. So living a cleaner life, meaning eating right. When we say eating right, it only means as eating good quality carbohydrates, good quality proteins and fats and avoiding... Process and ultra-processed food affects your sensitivity in the brain and it helps you to decrease your tinnitus. Exercise. Next is sleep, then stress management, diet. All these things affect your tinnitus and they affect how well you will be able to manage yourself. So it is important that these lifestyle changes, which I will go again, eat right, prevent processed and ultra-processed foods, moderate amount of caffeine, avoid alcohol, exercise, sleep, meditation, Tai Chi, all these things are very effective in controlling your tinnitus then I want to spend some time regarding some sound therapy devices which has been produced these days and they are very effective there is uh, devices which you put it on and they continuously sending the impulses or there are a lot of apps now you could have on your phones which continuously you when you went through your headsets, which you listen to them, they prevent you from having this disabling disease or getting you control, they are very very effective. So, what I want to in the end summarize this whole video is number one, tennises, the key facts are Number one is a phantom symptom. There is no stimulus. Your brain is producing this sound. And that is why it is very difficult to treat in the absence of stimulus. Number two, the part of the brain where sound is interpreted is very rich in emotions. And so that it bothers you more. It has a high emotional quotient. Number three, hearing loss is number one reason for this tinnitus so make sure if you have it make sure you see audiologist your primary care physician number next I do not believe ENT specialist or neurologists have any special role in helping you with the tinnitus there is a lot of different things which have been tried but nothing has been proven or effective these councils will be needed only in special circumstances which are went over in detail before number next there is no single best test which can diagnose tinnitus so it is complete history complete examination having a relationship with the physician, and then coming up with a plan. Then, on treatment, there is no medication which is available to treat tinnitus. But what is available is decreasing threshold of sound by managing your anxiety, your depression, via meditation, tai chi, cognitive behavior therapy, and then preventing sound trauma or barotrauma trauma we call it in, make sure you use it, your native apps in your phones. Do not let your sound level to be high all the time. Otherwise you may develop disabling. And if unfortunately you have systemic diseases where you need diuretics, antibiotics, make sure you if you develop any of these symptoms, report to your physician. In my experiences, patients do not tell us about these symptoms till it's very late and that's make it very difficult. Above all, having clean lifestyle, diet, exercise, sleep, stress management and avoiding processed and ultra processed foods and avoiding alcohol and caffeine will help us a lot. I hope this video was useful. I hope you will subscribe to our channel because it helps us to keep us motivated that our work is worth meaning something. Please subscribe to our channel, share this video, and I will see you next week, same time. Thank you very much.